0: Hashem. Wednesday night cheer up and running again. Okay, I apologize for not, uh, I didn't make enough copies. Um, but I, there's a picture of the Marwakaimis on the chat, so it's going to be on the Shul chat and I think it'll be on the members chat as well. So if you want to feel exclusive, you could watch it, you know, you could see it on the members chat. If you want to be just on basis stroll, you could, you know, see it on the regular chat, whatever you want. Okay, so you know, what's an amazing thing is that uh, from that one. Amazing, the of the Balshantav comes so many different Medrash, different styles, different ways of serving the banish Shloim. Obviously, the all, all the all the different chateiros, all the different batimedrash, and uh, and lines of Chasidus obviously share a lot of a lot of things in common. But the truth is, it's like this: there's a number of streams of Chasidus that, through their svarim, there's a certain system that you could pick up, sort of a worldview. My like Chabad has that. Chabad has that worldview that you could learn. It's not an easy one. But you could, there is definitely a worldview in there. Breslov has that. Ishbitz uh, Redzin Ratzadik has that. But Baderach Klal, generally speaking, Polish and Hungarian Chassidus, it's very hard to pick up a worldview from Kedushas Levi. You know what I'm saying? Or from the Noemi Or from the Toldos Yaakov Yosef. Or the Machnei Ephraim. For, the, for the, you know when, when it comes to more, the chesidists that were developed in Poland and Hungary, the style of the svarim that were written were more shal shudas you know, vert that the Reb would say by the tish, whether it be Friday night, Shabbos day, shal and that was recorded. And, and the reason, and, and so it wasn't written in like, you know, in, in the way like Sefer Tanya, for example, where it's like, a mahalach being laid out in front of you. And one of the reasons for that was, it was on purpose, is because the tradition in Polish and Hungarian Chasidis is that the way of the Balshamtiv has to do with being makasha yourself to a tzaddik and being in that in that tish of the braditchver, then you could pick up what the braditchver is trying to say. Uh, but in we're not by the tish of the braditchver. So what I want to do for this series is as follows: I'm going, to, I'm going to try is that we're going to try specifically to focus in on those svarm, those Hasidic svarm that are coming from more Poland than Hungary. That by themselves are standalone Sfarim, most of them just being on Chomish and Verd the Parsha. And again, as I said, they were not written and produced in that way of giving a worldview. But what we're going to try to do is by learning specific pieces from those particular Sfarim, to try to get a Mahalach of what, what are the, some of the main themes, the main avoides that one can see from Kedushas Levi, for example, of the Noyuli Malech, and so on. So, although when you initially learn it, it's just like, Vart's and the parasha. But, but, there are, but, there, you know, with Siyat D'Shomai, Rez Hashem will be able to try to sort of see, as, just as there's a worldview in Chabad and Breslov and maybe Ger and so on, you could have that also in Mar V'shemesh and, uh, you know, in, uh, again, like I said, Bar and Nabi and so on from these firms as well. And so, I'll tell you like this, I'm not uh, a bucking anything, but I'm certainly not like a historian. I'm not super... Knowledgeable in biographies, so I'm going We're going So when we when we go from let's say you know uh, month by month, whatever it is, picking a particular safer, I'll do the best I can to give over a little bit of a synopsis of the biography. But really, the idea is more whatever's relevant in terms of that tzaddik's life and stories revolving around the that tzaddik that's relevant for understanding the Mahalach HaChaim and sort of the, the that his particular lens through which Tahris of Al comes to the world, So that's what we'll discuss. Okay, so, So the first tzaddik that we're going to, begin our learning with, and we'll see uh, how long it takes us, is the Toldos Yaakov Yosef, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef of Polnoya. Now, the Toldos was unique, and the, the reason why I'm picking this is because, I mean, historically, this was the first Chesidish Sefer ever printed. The Toldos, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef of Polnoya was... Considered to be one of the greatest students of the Balshantiv, tell you something. You know it's interesting. the The, the, the Balshantiv used to say, uh, Yisrael and the other students used to say it about it as well. It says in Pasik in, in Parshas Vayeshev, Yisrael Ives Yosef Mikol Banov, that Yisrael Yaakovinu loved Yosef his son from all of his other children, Benzekunimulai, and the Targum explains ben zakunim doesn't just only mean that he was a son of Yaakov's old age. Means that Yosef was the Bar Chakim, that Yosef tzaddik was received certain tires from Yaakovina that no one else received. So it's V'Yisrael, that's the Baal Shantav, Oiv uh, as Yosef. He loved Rabbi Yaakov Yosef, Chalnaim, he Kolban, from all of his students, Kibenzakunimulai, certain tires that were transmitted only to Taldz to, to, to Yaakov Yosef. We don't have any Svarim from the Baal of himself. But one of the great resources in terms of having, mamish, uh, first, you know, direct contact with the Balshem and Taurus from Tov himself, is from the Sefer Toldos Yaakov Yosef. There's, uh, I don't know what the number is exactly, close to maybe a hundred, even more than that, times in Toldos Yaakov Yosef where it says Shema me I heard from my master. Those are direct quotes from the Tov and that's it's a treasure show of that. And the tzaddikim would talk about the Sefer Toldos Yaakov Yosef in most astounding ways. You know, uh, Repinches Karitzer used to say that. Uh, the the Sefer Taldus Ya'akov Yosef came straight from Ganeidin, you know? He used to say that that, <coughs> that he has a Kabbalah also from the Baal that in Shemayim, in Ganeidin, in the Chamber of Mashiach, whatever these things mean, in the Heichel of Mashiach, what they're being isolated and what they're learning about all day, is the Shemati mimaris in the Taldus Ya'akov Yosef, so that's what he hears the Rav Pinchas also, because he was a fan of the Taldus, he used to say that that uh, very often when he would daven for someone that was sick, so, is the air on, or is, it just, or is there just too many people in there? It's definitely on. It's definitely on? It's definitely on, okay. If I No. So, uh, anyway, so the Karts used to say that if it was a matzav that he was diving for someone that was sick and he wasn't able to do it, and he wasn't, the tefils weren't being piled, a school that he would do is take the safer to told the skak of Yosef, and put underneath the pillow of uh, the person that was sick, and we had a skula to bring the person back to life. He used to say as well that every shemat mi'mori, every time the Baal is quoted, and told the Sakh of Yosef, you could be Mechaim Mesam. You could bring a person back to life from those Moiris. And I'll tell you something interesting. There's um in, by the Kamarna and Sefer Abrocha, in many places, the Kamarna Rabbi's uh, Kamarna was a tzaddik, So he used to he used to. Uh, we'll talk about it. I mean maybe we'll talk about him, I don't know, at some point. So the Kamarna, in many places he was very, very Makbed, which swarm to learn. Even even svarim, I'm not going to mention it because uh, you know, but svarim that are very popular, very well known, written by very very big people, he would tell his chassidim not to learn them. He felt that the only svarim that a person should learn, outside of obviously Chazal and you know uh, Rishonim and you know something like that, in terms of in, in terms of and Pinimius, the only svarim that you should learn. Our svarm that the Nisham of the mechaber is mamish like completely invested in every single letter, and only those svarm that you should learn. And he writes in a few places again. You don't have this in front of you, but he says Sifri ha ha-gadol, the swarm of the kain Gadol, which is Rabbi Yaakov Yosef of Palno, he who's a kain, The Swarm of the Kayan, kulam tzrichem lucha. He was talking to this talmidim, You have to have every single one of his svarm lachis is nashicha to be neshama to keep you alive. So the us. Okay, so the Taldis was a big it de- was a big deal, and his safer was a big deal. The first Sefer, in terms of chasidus in the world, it was printed was the Taldus Yaakov Yosef. Now, let's, let's understand. Tonight, what we're going to learn is just sort of an introduction. We're not even going to learn anything from the Taldus tonight, I'll be honest with you. We're not going to learn anything from him, but we're going to be learning tonight the inyan of Sfarim of chasidus. Uh, of the inyan of, of Sfarim. And we have to understand to appreciate that, you know, the Baal Shantif was told by Mashiach, as we know, uh, that Mashiach depends on Hafat's mayanis, on the spreading of tarsa Hasidis, of getting it out there. Now that way of spreading chasidus can happen in many, it could take different forms. It could come in a way of, of balpa, of spreading the tarsa chasidus verbally, uh, and it could, it, contain, it, could, it could happen in the form of printing svarim. And the fact bahashkacha pratis, that was of Yaakov Yosef of Polnoya, that was destined to be the racious, the beginning of hafatzas mayanis in terms of right? In terms of the written word, haloy that needs explanation. So, again, but the uh, we are not—we can't understand these siddikim at any level. But just a little bit of an understanding of of what what is that unique quality of spreading chesedus through writing, and why is it specifically? Maybe uh, possibly to understand why specifically that was given the Yerushalayim like was given that that koyach, that inyan, the afka to tell the of Yosef. <clears throat> okay, so to appreciate this, we have to learn a little bit of history. Who the Toldos was, and it's uh, very surprising. It's very surprising, knowing what we just what we just learned. How 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 in love the the Balshentif was with the Toldos, and the taldis, the Belshteve in fact said once he said that if I only came to the world to produce my Yosela to the Toldos Yaakov Yosef, it'll be enough. That's the Belshteve said. So they were very much makusher to each other. What's fascinating is. Is that that hiskashus that was between the Baal Shem and the taldis is ve- is, is very strange and uh, very ironic, because in terms of their personalities, I guess you can say you cannot find different people than the Baal Shem and the taldis. For example, uh, the, the balshemtiv, as we know from many stories, and just uh, that's all we know, is that he was a very very soft, loving, caring person. Tzaddik, neshama, malach, and that's who he was, and that's why when he, you know, in, in his earlier we think of the now as a movement, but at the time of the Balsham, it wasn't a movement. He was individually traveling from town to town as usually a storyteller or someone that would write kameis for people, and he would deal with mamish amch the like lo- the, the, the most push of the Yidn. and that's, that's that was his those were his Chazidim, you know, and then slowly but surely over time he started he started going hunting for specific neshamas. And some of the biggest, most powerful, biggest tami biggest and he would chop them. And slowly but surely, he began to amass. Besides that huge following of just poshet amcha, he would have his like little chabura of Velts gaimim, you know. And those were the students that we know of them, the told us, and so on. But the way the Balsheim was very soft and endearing, everyone loved him. The Taldus was mamish the opposite. Uh, before the Tollus the, the became connected to the Baal <laughs> Tiv, he was a Rav, a guy in Eilam, in his own right. He was a Rav in a, a number of cities. And he was known, like you have to be careful because we're talking about a big tzaddik, even before his connection to to Hasidus. he was known to be someone that was extremely tough. As a Rav for sure, I'll say some stories about that, but it, just as a person, extremely, extremely tough. Not only in personality-wise was he very strong, in fact, even after he became a chassid, one of the reasons—again, you know i told about Pratis, but Bederchateva, why he was not chosen to be the next leader of Chassidus? One of the reasons is because he was so tough, and Chassidus was in its origins, in its beginnings. So, if the if the next leader, you know, doesn't have any, you can't be rough around the edges if you're starting something. You know what I'm saying? And you're surrounded by animosity by uh, you know, the establishment that doesn't necessarily like what you're doing, so you can't be so stark against it to, to, to start things off. You have to know how to play the game a little bit. And the Taldos was not like that at all. Not like that at all. There's many stories we have that that uh, later on in life when he would give, he would go to different places and give uh, Schmuzen. His shmuzin usually lasted one or two minutes, because by the time a few minutes were up, he already made enemies in the, in the you know, from the rabbanim that he was talking to. You know, what I'm saying, and, and that was it. They would chase him out of town. So, in personality-wise, you couldn't find, you cannot find people that were that were that were different. In the Derech Vaida as well, very different. The way the Balshende, as we know, we'll see this uh, as time goes on. But I'm sure you, you know, you all know this as well. That the way of the Balshende was not to promote excessive fasting, and punishing one's body, and uh, self-affliction. That was not his way. That was the way of the older tzaddikim. But the Baal Shantos started a new path of eating Bekdusha, of Simcha, of Ahava. It was a different mahalach. The Taldas, again, before he came connected to the Baal Shantos, was known from all the rabbanim and the tzaddikim of, the town, of that area. He was known as Mamishton, who pained himself, barely would eat, would barely sleep, would uh, go to the mikvah and uh, dafka, ice water daf you know these types of malach. It was very very different so what's the story so how did he become uh, connected to the Baal so here's so here's the legend okay there's the number of ver- and the reason again you'll see the reason why I'm saying this is as, as by way of appreciating and understanding this Indian of the of the, Baal- of the Yaakov Yosef in terms of hafatzas mayonis with svar you'll see soon. So what brought what, what brought him to the Balsham? So there's a number of versions of the story. So what I'll tell you now is sort of like a little bit of a hodgepodge of different versions, but it gets the point across. The mice is like this. The Taldus was a rov in uh, it wasn't Polnoy at the time, it was in the da- I can't remember what the name was. I couldn't even pronounce it when I saw it in writing, but you know, one of the somewhere in Ukraine. So he was a rov there. And the mice is Shaya Kachaya. The Balshamtav, again, he was going hunting for Nashamas, and he wanted to chop the Taldus. Uh, but again, at the time they told us it was the opposite side of the spectrum of Avodis Hashem from Baal Shem. So the, the Shem went to this town and this was already very early in the morning. And he, the Baal the uh, sets up shop in the middle of the shuk and he begins saying stories. He was a storyteller, he begins saying stories. And now meanwhile, people are beginning to wake up, get out of bed, go to shul and so on. But they, they, there's, he was so charismatic. And was, you know, Baal Shentav was you know, pulling people. So everyone started gathering around him to hear the Ma'isim. Now meanwhile, one of the people that you know, became entranced by the story was the Gavayi of the Shul. Now the Gavayi was, not only was the Gabi to give out Elias, he had the key to open the base measures. Now meanwhile, the toledz yakov Yosef, it, he, he goes to Shul, and the door's locked. What's going on? The door's locked, maybe the Gabi uh, you know, it's a little bit late, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a half hour, 45 minutes, like no one's showing up, and the door's locked, the this. The tradition is he got, v- he was very upset. He had uh, the temper type. He was very upset by this whole thing. At some point, the Gabe like looks at his watch and realizes, like, oh my gosh, I'm in big trouble. So he runs to shul, opens the door, and the gives it to him, like, what's going on? And he says, "There's a storyteller in the shul that's like everyone is like entranced by." So tallis is he-, Tullis- he was so upset. He said, "I'm not done with a minion today. I'm going." I'm- I'm- I'm-. he was so upset, and he said, "And as soon as you can, get the storyteller to me. I want to." You know, I want to give him uh, Marcus. You know, I'm in mean, by myself. You know, okay. So, nice is eventually the Gabba goes back to the, uh, the Shuk, whatever it is, Sees the balsham and says that the rev wants to speak to you. So, okay, for sure. That was the balsham's plan the whole time. So he goes to the Taldas. Now, this is this is where the ver- the, the versions of the story. There's different versions. So, but it's some- something along the following lines took place that when the Taldas met the Balsham, he started yelling at him, what are you doing, you're doing your miruvatel, it's even with davening, and I couldn't get to shul, my whole day was ruined, I couldn't learn that, I was, oh, you ruined everything. So the Baal Shanta said, I'm sorry, me. I apologize, but maybe I could tell you a ma'asim. So this is the first miracle of Baal Shem, that the Toldus was willing to say yes to that. Okay, I'll tell you the ma'asim. So what mice exactly, he said, there were three stories altogether that he told over. The order of them is not clear, but let's say as follows. The Valshantar the, the said the following story. He said there was once a Rav, um, and this Rav was, it was holding already by uh, Rishchadosh Nisa. Okay, and one of the big, you know, uh, days by a Rav is uh, Shabbos HaGadol to give the drush So this Rav is uh, trying to prepare the Shabbos HaGadol drasha. And he's, and this is, you know, and, and, but the problem is it's really getting very, very upset and very annoyed because every other minute, there's another knock on his door, that someone with a shilo about uh, kashras and Pesach, or whatever, and you know, I'm like this, and he's getting very frustrated by that. This is before, like, WhatsApp, you know what I'm saying? So he, he couldn't get away from it, so he gets very, he's very frustrated, so he just, like, leaves his kehillah, he goes to some other base medjish, locks the doors, he's able to, to have like that, to, to prepare the shir. Meanwhile, as he's learning, you know, he's getting a little thirsty. So he, meanwhile, he sees out of the window the water carrier is passing by. So he yells out, "Yankel, bring me some water, I'm thirsty. Now Yankel doesn't listen. Maybe he doesn't hear him or he chooses to ignore him. It's unclear. But in either case, Yankel <laughs> passes by. Now the Rav is fuming by this that uh, I'm the Rav and then the water carrier is uh, nobody and he's uh, you know, not even going to give me water. He's very upset. So he meanwhile, a few minutes later, an hour later, whatever it is, the water carrier passes by the other way. And the Rav calls out again, Yanko, I need some water. Viter is being ignored. So now the Rav is like, Mamish losing it. The Valshanta says, The Rav gets up, runs out, and starts Mamish berating, yelling, and screaming, and it's like Mamish losing it on the water carrier. Now there's no one else around, it was just him and the water carrier. The Valshanta said that after the Rav calmed down, he felt Mamish terrible. Like, he knew he did something wrong, like to lose it on this guy, maybe even like raise his hand against him. You know, he, he felt bad. But the Valshanta said, But the Rav, tried to do tshuva a number of times, but he didn't find within his heart an opening to really do tshuva. But the Baal Shanta said, but if this Rav came to me, I'd give him away to do tshuva. That was the first mice. Then the then the, the Baal Shantor says to him, could I tell you another ma'isa? And the Talmud says, yes, Rebbe." So what's the other ma'isa? He said, the other ma'isa is like this. There was once a Rav, and this rav was a very big ayvur Hashem. Every day he would wake up, you know, vasikin, go to shul, spend his whole time in davening, learning avodas, you know, from Amish sunrise till chatzays, and by chatzays he would find that he would then, then go back home to have some breakfast or whatever. Now at the same time in the the the, the block that he lived on the the, the let's say the, the apartment building that he lived on there was another yid, pusher yid, amarit, hard worker though. And every single morning he would also wake up, Vasikin, but instead of being able to go to shul, maybe it was wrong, but he would go try to work a little bit to make some money, to put bread on the table, yeah. And he would only be able to go to shul by chatzais. So the Baal Shanta said, so the Rav and this person would always cross paths every day at chatzais. The Rav would be going back home after a whole morning of a and the Amaretz would be going to shul to try to chap a little davening after a whole hard morning. And so Baal Shanta said that every single day when the Rav would pass by, he would have the, the slightest, most subtle smirk on his face. Why? Because he would look at the guy and say, no, it's, it's la he's only going to shul now, it's already after the Zaman, every single day like this, but me, Baruch Hashem, uh, an you know? and at the same time, this poor guy, every single day, when he passed by the Rav, he would have a little, tiny krechs. And his cracks was, like, hamid, this is my matziv. I can't even dave in normal time, I have to shluck the like this by Chatzais. So said the Balshamtav. After 120, both of these people get up to Shemayim, and they both have a in Taira, right? And the Rav goes up there, and uh, you know, Shas and Paiskin and Taira the every day, and all these things. But meanwhile, they so all put this Chusim on one side of the scales, right? And there's nothing. There's no virus. Like, the guy's Mashiach Tzadik. Until the Makatri comes, and makatri says, "Yeah, but there was that smirk every single day, a little tiny subtle smirk." So fine. So they take the smirk and they put it on the side, the opposite side. And guess what happens? The whole thing is tilted to the side of Chayv, because of that little smirk. And the same thing comes, and the the other guy, the Amartz, comes up to Shemayim. Averis, you know, he never dachim b'zman of nothing, you know. But then the Malach Gavril comes, you know, and says, yeah, but there was a little krechz every day. And they put the little krechz on the side of mitzvahs, and the whole thing is weighed down to mitzvahs. That was the second mitzvah. And then already, by the third time, the Talde said, Rebbe, tell me a maisa. So the third maisa, the Baal Shanta said, was the following. He said that, you know, there was once a time where I was, I was traveling on the road, the Baal Shanta says, and by horse and wagon, and I had a few horses pulling uh, the wagon, three horses, he said, and for whatever reason, like for some reason, like the horses like hop something and they just like stop moving. They stop moving. So Baal says, I don't understand, like I need to go. And they're just like, for no reason just stopped. So I started hitting them and beating them and yelling at them and no- nothing's moving. So until finally Baal said, an old man appeared to me. And this old man told me, he said that if you want the horses to move, you have to give them a little bit slack on the reins. You're holding the reins too tight. You have to give it a little bit, give them, give the horses some, some place to be and then they'll be able to move. <laughs> These three ma'asim, ever since then, told the us, He's already the Balshantav was kinda. So this is an interesting phenomenon. That the Valshamtav was able to be kind of the Taldus Yaakov Yosef with these stories, which obviously the Taldus saw his life in these stories. Yeah, they obviously you know touched him very, very deeply. But so this is the question we have to now ask again for, for just a few minutes because it's it's a very big sugya, <clears throat> why Bashkar HaPratis was the Taldus given this mission of spreading Tars Hasidus with writing and he was Dafka someone who initially, certainly, and even personality-wise was the opposite of the way the Baal Shem. and he was Makurv to the Baal to, through these like random stories that was not like, there was no direct. The Baal Shem didn't say you have to change your ways. It was like these stories and the Balshem and the Taldus sort of obviously saw himself in this and brought himself through these stories. So what's... Okay, so you do not have this in front of you. So I just want to share with you a Torah that we have from the Vilna Gaon. Okay? I know it's ironic that uh, the way to explain the Taldas and Tars and so on is through a Vilna Gaon, but that's, that's the way of Torah. Torah Chassi Adra Abba, Stavka, like that. So the Gaon, uh, famously one of his Zikr Svarim, is a commentary to a section in the Zohar called Safar Okay? Safar So the Gaon says the following idea. He says like this. It's Just a few lines. A person's thoughts, no one knows about, right? Your thoughts are concealed in your own mind. I don't know what you're thinking. They're, they're concealed in your own mind. Now, let's say you have a thought, and you want to reveal it. You want people to know what you're thinking. So, said the guy, in Enema's Gala, there are two ways to convey your ideas, to get your ideas out there. Ayyadei dibur through speech. Ayyadei ksiva, or through writing. Right? Those are the two vehicles that you could... Get ideas out. The said the Gain, so too, ain't Saif, the Rabban Hashem also wants to reveal himself in the world. And the Gain said, "Ubaris Aylam, he created the world, Ligiluyev, in order for him to be revealed in the world. Ulushtam <laughs> like says the reason for creation was in order that there should be a universe through which the Hashem can be known. So just as it is with a person, said the Goyim, that a person can reveal himself and let his ideas be known through dibor, through speech or writing. So, so to the Rabbana has two ways of, of communicating himself, through speech and through writing. And this is, by the way, what you find by, uh, by Ma'an Torah that the gave us luchas, that's through writing, and the seras adibris, that's through speech. And the Goyim says, this is rooted in what it says in the Sefer Yitzira, the Sefer Yitzir says that the Rebbeinu created the world safer, with two books, sefer, sefer, and with speech. Says the guy, So, what is the difference between a person or the Rebbeinu that communi- that expresses himself through speech versus writing? What's the essential difference? Because that's what we're going to be learning about with the tallest, writing. So, what's the chiluk between spreading knowledge through speech or versus spreading knowledge through writing? So, the guy makes a very simple observation. He says as follows: Kibedibar. When it comes to speech, the pama In one, when, in in one action, you convey your idea, and the listener hears your idea. It's right away. That's what dibar is, right? Before I speak, before I speak, the, it's in my mind, and no one knows anything. Now that I speak, it's out there, and it's in your head as well. That's dibar. I will be safer. But when it comes to writing the bais there's a two step process, right? the first moment is when you write by yourself now when you're writing your idea on a piece of paper no one knows about it yet but it's out there in a certain sense but it hasn't yet reached the ears of or the head of the, of the, of the reader so step one is you write uh, something on the piece of paper it's still sort of within your world okay? so on some level your ideas are out there but it's still close because no one read it yet the next step is kishakurin ha'sefer. Then someone reads it. So fine. So now oz gala Now it's fully revealed. It God made its way to the final to the person. Now that's what the guide says. Now based on that, if you were to compare and contrast the connection, the bond that takes place between the mashpia and the makab, between the Rebbe and the Talmud, in these two ways of speaking versus writing, both ways the Rebbe is conveying something, right? The Rebbe is teaching something. He can teach something through speech, or he can teach something through writing. If you were to compare those two scenarios, you would say, which one is there more of a bond between the Rebbe and the Talmud? So, how you would say, that's speech, right? Because speech is sometimes direct contact. I'm speaking, and you're listening. It's sometimes face-to-face. Whereas, as opposed to writing, it's double steps, right? Because you could be on two different sides of the planet. You've never met each other. You could be two different generations, right? And so that level of connection of bond would be less. But the Goin says, interesting, the Goin says that these two models of speech versus Dibor is connected to what we call Choch Mabina and Das, without getting into details. Basically, what the Goin says is that although it might seem on the outside that speech is a deeper connection, in truth, it's almost the opposite. Speech is a connection, it's certainly a connection between the Rebbe and the Talmud, but that's a connection that the Goin classifies as Das. But everyone knows that in terms of how Hashem made the person, again, without knowing how what this means exactly, Bina is higher than das. Bina, the first two intellectual qualities, and then number three is das. It says the going dibur is with das, but chachmavina is is writing. That's why, for example, if you think about it, when the Rabban, like I said, the Rebbeinu gave us the Torah through these two me models, right, through speech and through Ksiva, the luchas, the speech of aser Dibris we still have. The Pasuk says, Call God of Eliasaf. The voice of Hashem went out and never stopped. It keeps on going. But the, luch, the Luchas, the main Luchas, the Luchas Rishonis, we, we didn't receive the Luchas Rishonis because that level of connection through Ksav is truly deeper. The house so? So here, here's what it is. I'm going to try to explain it in a very simple way. When it comes to speech, because there's a person that you have to be in front of, and you have to be in a certain proximity, physically, to the person in order to hear the sound, right? In order to have that relationship of dibur. Because of that, the hiskashis that's really taking place is very easily lost in the physical, superficial, chitzayinistik relationship. Like when you're listening to someone speak, then very often you could even sometimes not even hear the deeper message because you're just getting... Lost in the, in just you know the eye contact so to speak. It's dafka with with writing, where the contact where there is no contact, and the person is not even maybe the person is not even alive anymore that you that you're reading his uh, his writing, but because of that you have no choice but to absorb the 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 actual content itself, and it doesn't get distracted, it doesn't get lost in the in the physicality of it. More than that. The, the, like, the, the, you know, when, when, when Rimenover was Nifter in Eretz Yisrael, so his chassidim were mamish distraught. So there's a famous letter that the Baltaniya wrote to his chassidim. And the Baltaniya explains in that letter, he says that, of course, it's tragic when a tzadik passes away, and it's chaval, you can't meet, meet, meet him, you know, visit him, and so on. But he says, but the truth is, you should know, what exactly is the essence of a tzaddik. What, what is the tzaddik's life? What is, what is their existence? Their existence is not their physical body. Their existence is their muna, is their tyra, is their avaydah. When a person's alive, said the Baal Tanya, then the very essence of who they are, which is their attire, which is their inner content, is sometimes harder to find and harder to experience because you're sort of lost in what? In the superficial shell of who they are. And you sort of like identify the tzaddik based on what he looks like, you know? It's like Rabbi Nassim Breslover used to say that he's thankful that there's no paintings of Rabnach Nachman Breslover. Why? He said because now that you just have the Sefer Lekut Maran, you can imagine Rabbi Nachman as being this like giant of giants. He said, but if you actually saw him, you'd say, like, he was frail and short and a scraggly blonde beard, and wasn't, he wasn't, didn't have this tzura that, that you would imagine. And he said, good, because if you saw that surah and that's all you saw, then you'd be distracted by that and not really chap the and the real material that's being given off, the neshama of the tzadik. So very often, this is the catch-22, very often, Dafka through a hiskashris, which is physical and tangible, that means the a hizkashurus is lost in that. And therefore, of course, dibur is unbelievable to hear the words of a tzaddik, but to, but the writing of a tzaddik when the tzaddik is in his own base medrash without an audience and writing on a piece of paper and pouring his neshama into those words, then that's the unadulterated nefesh of the tzaddik. Without the tzaddik is not holding back. The tzaddik is not constraining himself. He's not trying to uh, be malbish himself in a particular way that the audience should hear it. He's writing as he feels as as is his own nefesh, putting into ksav. And now if at a later day you come and open that sefer and, and absorb that material, then what you're absorbing is twofold. First of all, you're not getting, it's not getting lost. The actual Nisham of the tzaddik is not getting lost in the physicality of it. And it's not constricted. The tzaddik, when he wrote that Torah, he was not constricting it specifically to how he thought you would receive it. He's writing as he wants to write it. And therefore, in a certain sense, therefore, that's what the Goyen writes in Safrad tzneyesa, that the, the relationship through ksiva, is chachman It's a much deeper relationship, as opposed to the relationship of dibor, which is much more chitzani in a certain sense. And so this is. The, so let's go back. to partners. I told us Yaakov Yosef was destined to be the neshama to accept upon himself the at least the, to be, to begin that mission of avotus mayones davka through writing. And you could not find someone whose personality and avodas Hashem before the Balsham was so different than the Balshamtev. And yet the Baal Shemtev said, but my Hiskashis, if, if I came to the world just for Yosel, we could die. Yisrael, all it Why is that? That's good for the point. If the Baal Shemtev and the Taldis were similar in personalities, then the Torah that the Baal Shemtev is giving over and infusing and injecting into the Taldas of Yosef, that, okay, because they're similar, might get lost in the superficiality of their common character traits. But because they're so different from each other, then when the Baal Shemtev is giving over Nishmasa Daraisis giving over derech to the to the Taldis, it's not because, you know they went to the same high school, you know what I mean it's not because, that. It's, they're bechlel different so what's, so what's the commonality? the commonality is real, the commonality is is mamish the neshama and this is why to bring the taldus into the world of the Baal Shem, it was dafka through stories it wasn't a direct message because again, what the Baal Shentis saw in the taldis was that potential of him being in the hafatas mayonis through writing and so their first relationship had to be, roundabout, had to be sort of speaking around the issue, because to speak directly to the issue is the opposite of what the Toldos Yaakov Yosef's neshama was was meant was destined for within Tarshish Bal Shamtav. The Toldos Yaakov Yosef's neshama was destined to be a conduit, through which the, the essence of Tarasa Hasidus can be transmitted. Like the rapichas kartzer said that the shemati mi'mayries that those those words that the when 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 he when the taldis records I heard this from my master that's the that's the essence of the Balshanta. that's not like you know uh, it's, not, it's not it's not it's not held back and it's not concealed it's not lost in any physical any a sticker relationship all there was was panemius between the balsham and the, and and the and the taldis. Because in, in Chitzaimis, <laughs> they had no relationship at all. They're completely coming from different worlds. And the relationship had to be, therefore, just pure Paninias. Let's see the page that you have in front of you. Again, uh, if it's not enough, it's on the, it's on the chart. This is not the, 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 uh, the chat. This is not from the Taldus. But as Hashem, next week we'll begin to uh, pick a few silgis that we find in Taldus Yaakov Yisuf. This is a piece in Lekutu Maran. Uh, it's in Chelek uh, Alov, piece Koth Ches. Okay, so uh, kufchav. I'm sorry. So it's the it's the left side of the page, the middle, the middle paragraph. This is a piece from Rabbi Nachman where he's talking about this dynamic of hearing words from a tzaddik directly versus re- reading tayrus that were written by a tzaddik or written on behalf of the tzaddik, comparing and contrasting the two. Because probably what you're thinking, you know, I, I'm 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 talking constantly, so you probably don't have a chance to think. But if I if I gave you a minute to think. The problem that you would have with all of this is that that's not our experience. Right? Our experience is when you hear the words from a tzaddik, it has much more of an impact than when you just read a sefer. So I'm telling you this whole Torah, that what, that no, 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 when, you write, when, you, when you read a Torah from a tzaddik, that's much deeper, it's much deeper. That's not what we experience. So this is where Rav Nachman comes to answer that question. And it has to do with the fact that the Luchas Rishonis never made it to our hands. So you'll see. The t- the, Rav Nachman like this, <speaking in Hebrew> Why is it necessary to travel to a tzaddik to hear his words face-to-face? And it's not enough just to read their far. Why is it not enough? So again, this piece starts off as if the, the speech of a tzaddik is going to be the ikker, But you'll see how Reb Nachman brings it. So Reb Nachman said the answer is <coughs> after the story of Amalek, Hashem says to Meshach, soif zays write the story down in Chumash, the Ma'isav the Simba Boaznei Yeshua, and tell it over to the ears of Yeshua. So you see that the Rabbi Hashem said two things, write it and say it. omle because what Hashem is telling Ma'isav, even though I told you the first thing is to write it down, Afal but don't be satisfied with that, also say it over. and Hashem commanded him, Simba Yeshua, place this into the ears of Yeshua, say it over to your Talmud. my Peh, why? Because the main way of being uh, inspired and being mekushar is mashashoyim is by hearing something from the mouth of the tzaddik. Okay, so so far this is against everything we've been talking about. Okay, so bear with me. Oh, so now Rabbi Nachman explains. The medrash tells us al pasuk. The pasuk says at the end of Moshe Rabbeinu's life, Shema Yisrael. Rabbeinu, uh, says to the Jewish people, Listen, Yisrael, atem a Today you're going to pass over the yarden. So that language of Shema Yisrael has to trigger, right? It reminds you of Shema. So Chazal said like this, Zel this is what Chazal say. Kan Why is Moshe been picking that language of Shema Yisrael? So Rabban and Amri, so the Chachamim says as follows, daima. you can compare it to the following Moshe, to a king that uh, was makadish and he marries a woman with two pearls of the Achazmeim, and the woman... Accidentally for, loses one of the pearls, so Amr la Melech. So Melech "Ibad to Achas. Okay, you lost one. Shimri says At least, at least hold on to the second. Kach Kaddish Hashemis Baruch Yisrael. Kaddish Hashemis Yisrael. So the Rebbeinu also married us Kviyachol. The Nasse of Ishma with two pearls, with Nasa and Ishma. Ivdu as Nasa. and and Chazal say that what we what we lost by by the Aigel with losing the Luches was the Nasa. The physical, we lost that tangible. You know, the the sefer itself that we lost. But if do us nasa, she also We did the eagle. So Moshe says to them, Shema Yisrael. Ifad nasa. Okay, you lost nasa. That didn't work out. But shimu nishma. But at least hold on to Shema. At least hold on to the nishma part. Havi Shema Yisrael. And that's what Moshe says, Shema Yisrael. Therefore, Rav Nachman says, Al-ken. So even though, it's so really, really, it's like this. Rav Nachman is telling us the truth is. Like, I, like we were talking, like we were saying until now, that the Torah that one receives through writing is be'etzah much deeper. It's a Be'chin of Luchas Rishainas. It's connecting you in a much deeper way, just like the Jewish people would have been connected in the way with Rabban before the Ego, which is a much deeper connection than we have right now. But the problem is, we don't experience it like that because L'mayis and Luchas were broken. And we never received... That secret, that, 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 that the, the sight of Ksiva never made it to our hands because we lost the Luchas. All we were able to hold on to was the Dibur, was, was the Nishma. Therefore, he says, Al Kain, Kishalayim betaycha Sefer. So, therefore, when you learn a Sefer, Shubachinus <speaking in Hebrew> which is, you know, you're literally holding on to the Sefer in your hands, that's called Nasa, that's called a Luchas. Shubachinus <speaking> Nasa. <in Hebrew> so, it doesn't have the Kayach without work. Without a void, it doesn't have the kar to awaken a person. Ki lived with Nasa because we didn't receive the Luchas. We lost that Nasa Nakuda. but when you listen to the mouth of the tzadik, so it's with the lower madrega. It's, it's the Bechin of of uh, of the Dibur of the Rubbana Slailam, which which on the one hand is less than the Luchas, lower than the Luchas, but at least we still have it. Therefore, that's the crown that we still hold on to. But let's appreciate. Tarsa Bal as we've speak, spoken about, uh, you know, who knows how many times, as the Bal heard from Sheikh himself, this is this is Tarsa This is bringing the world back to what to that of what it was before the eagle. That's what Mashaikh will usher into that new age, which is kaidem achait on some level. And so, because of that, a major Indian in Tarsa Hasidis is what is to be makash yourself to the tzaddik through their writing. This is why, by the way. One of, in, one of the, the ways uh, of the ways of yourself to a tzaddik nowadays is by writing a kvital, right? Why well, do you write a kvital? Where you go to a kev or some kvar the and the like to write a kvitel. I'm, I, I, I'm speaking to them. I can tell my name. Why do I have to write it down? That's the nekutah. Because part of Tarsel is to try to reconnect us to that quality of what was before the eagle, that much deeper penimistic hizkashos with the rabbayin that deeper hizkashos to and that sometimes... The, the way to have that sometimes is by not seeing the face of the tzaddik and just seeing the piece of paper in front of you and pouring your kishkes out on that paper and then the tzaddik takes that paper on his, in his own terms and looks at it with his own eyes and nothing's, distri- nothing's constricted by the tzaddik needing to force himself to be on your page, to be on your level and you have to force yourself to be on his le- everyone in their own world being all in and yet the iskashas is taking place. This is the way of Chesidah. So this is all by way of introduction of Bakhla what svarim are about. And, 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 but deeper than that, how to learn as Tzvarim. The way to learn Chesidah's Tzvarim is not just to glean information. Of course, that's part of it. But it's being a yourself to the Tzadik that wrote that sefer, and, and believing and having a muna that in the writings of the tzad in the writings of the sefer is contained in the Sham of that Tzadik in a completely unfiltered and un, uh, unconstricted way. It's, it's, it's the essence of who the tzaddik was. And when you bring those words into your own head, and by the way, when you read a sefer, you usually read in your own, like, in your own voice, right? It's like, so in a certain sense, like you become the tzaddik. That's, that's, that's what it is. When you're listening, balpeh so the words of the tzaddik in his voice enter into your ears. But when you read the sefer of a tzaddik, then you literally become the tzaddik. And you become sort of your own mashpia, right? Because you're reading it, then you're sort of teaching yourself. So then there's mamish inequality and a, a real deep yichud, a yichud of Chachm and bina, that takes place between you and the tzaddik. The tzaddik is is being is writing something in his in his own language, in his own way, and you are absorbing it as if you're the tzaddik himself. And that haskashas is much deeper. And this is the difference. When some people could read svarim, and they ch- they become changed by it, as opposed to other people who read the sefer, it's a nice vart, and they move on. If you're learning it in a way of kashras, then that's a very, very potent thing. Especially when you, when you partner that with actually visiting tzaddikim, and, you know, that's, uh, that's even better. But that in of, of his tuksav is a very, very important inin, and that's, you know, Ba HaPrat, there's a that begins this in of Hafatzos Mayonis with Svarim, he's the racist of that. So again, that's why, this is all just to explain why I'm picking the Taldus as, as the first one, because that's, it's in terms of trying to be makashra ourselves to the, to the tzaddikim from the Baal Shem, through their swarm. You got to start with the this. That's where it all starts. Uh, that's that's the basis of all this. So, Hashem should open the school of the tzaddik. We should be able to be makasher ourselves to the tzaddiky in a real way, and pnimis stick away and be changed by it. Okay, but Hashem. Next week, we'll we'll start. Okay, we're gonna dive myrav now for those that need.